Hi guys, welcome to the Real Messy Podcast, where we have real messy conversations that occur in education. This is Jennifer Nace, and I'm here with Rachel Lisinski, Victoria Loeb, and Shayna Piggott. Teaching high school students is a lot of responsibility. And teachers spend a lot of time thinking about and planning for their students every day. It can be hard to find time to engage in philosophical conversations about education that help us grow as educators. So tune in as we try to make sense out of the messiness that can be education by encouraging our students to be relevant, engaging, authentic learners. Let's dive in. All right. Okay, so, what, thing. so what's on your phone? <laughs> this thing. I got, I made like a new face today and the girls were helping me oh, pick my it, hair. It's like a little app on the bottom. So kind of like, like your bitmoji. See where your bitmoji yeah, is Yeah, right but there? what is this? It's, it was I... called like a mitmoji. Interesting. Is this like Do you feel apples? like it's representative? Did they come up with the brown hair for you? And No, I had to create it this morning. Okay. Oh. With the girls helped me create it in the car, and we had a fight over my hairstyle. Okay, right. Oh, I and figured Vivian, you meant your students. You meant your, your young girls. Yes, my, oh my girls. Gosh. I don't they, know where this is. I'm not finding Vivian, this. Vivian, it was my new update I, today. Oh, I haven't updated. That's why. Uh, my, uh, I'm old Georgia school. told me I need to change my hair to match well, yeah. I, my Bitmoji cut the hair first, and then I cut my hair. So oh, I'm so totally guilty So of this that. is a funny conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is where we need to start. And this is funny. I'm already recording. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just keep talking. That's hilarious. And I actually, I changed my Bitmoji. I've been wearing my hair curly, wavy, whatever. I had to change my Bitmoji also. Yes. And I changed my outfit because I feel like my style has changed. I used to wear a scarf in my Bitmoji. I haven't worn a scarf in a long time. I took on a long cardigan instead. <laughs> I'm turning <laughs> more and more into the traditional librarian every go. day. Shayna, you've got to update yours. I know. Yours is like an old school Bitmoji. A little bit. But yeah. Like, right? I haven't really ch- I don't feel like you I've haven't changed that cha- much. I'm just kind of the same old. I'm just does it have, it doesn't <laughs> have, but it does have glasses. glasses. Maybe it has a little more gray. You need a little to, more gray. Oh, that's true. Maybe you need to have glasses though. on your bit mode. You, you, you know what I need to get rid of my allergies. I <laughs> 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 want to wear my contacts, but my, my eyes are like I know. So no, bad. mine too. So I have my bitmoji has no glasses, and this thing called a mitmoji maybe or something. Now I have glasses. I'm, cu- I'm, I'm very curious this about this thing. It's I have a feeling like my husband and I will start communicating through our mitmojis. If this truly is a thing, but yeah. I don't know what it's called. My so husband I feel is the big GIF fan. Okay, so yeah, like we do that too. Oh, a memoji. It's called a memoji. Sorry, memoji. So this is Apple's memoji. version of a bitmoji. Memoji. Okay. <clears throat> well, this is perfect because we want to talk about technology, anyways, today. Right. Although you know our students aren't spending too much time, I don't think creating their bitmojis or maybe we just don't even I don't know. know i think it's probably something they did like 10 years ago and they're and like now, oh my gosh you're still using a bitmoji yeah. <laughs> they're making fun of us silently probably or not, not silently. so silently <laughs> yeah silently i like that's just it like I, I heard kids talking about snapchat and i'm like oh i recognize that one like, <laughs> but i'm like what else is out there there's got to be something new that they're using right like i'm i feel like i'm five years behind what the trend is. How do we figure in, that out? Yeah, and especially in terms of like the social technology that oh, yeah. they use. Yeah. They're not on Twitter anymore. We're on Twitter. And it's really <laughs> helpful for like me to be on yeah. Twitter and yeah. reach out to other educators and kids. Go in the way start- of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> like all I the know. kids were on Facebook and then the parents and the companies jumped in and they're like, yeah, we're not using Facebook anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anything they can do to get away from adult interference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But I think that's part of it too. Like we can't expect 
their technology to jump into the school and be used in the same way. You know what I mean? Like, we can't try to be too it cool does about the phone out of it, doesn't it? It's sure like, does. that's not cool anymore. <laughs> we killed it. Yeah. So today, we'd like to continue our discussion frames. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The four shifts protocol. So the concept asks for four big transformations that propel deeper learning. So number one is from factual recall to higher level thinking. Number two is from teacher control to student agency. Number three is from traditional activities to authentic work. And then number four is from traditional resources to a technology-rich environment, which I think the technology-rich environment hits authentic agency and higher level thinking. That's kind of cool. Okay, so we're focusing on this question. When digital technologies are utilized, do the tools overshadow? mask or otherwise draw the focus away from quote unquote important learning. Can I use the quotes? Yes. Yeah. Did you never write? Like, they, what is important? They can't see your finger quotes. No. <laughs> you have to say it. Yeah. Quote unquote. All right. So where should we start, guys? Well, okay. So Sam and model. Right? You have to. You it's have to thing, start there, right? right? Yeah. So it was interesting because when Rachel and I were talking, she's like, oh, yeah, I was talking about the SAMR model with some online students from, the, you know, this university course that you're yeah. teaching. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I feel like it's a little outdated. And mm-hmm. But it, it was kind of interesting because not every school is there. Like some schools have been using that concept for years and years and years and trying to push technology and their kids have had technology for a long time. But other schools are like just starting to get on the technology train like some schools aren't even one-to-one yet or haven't asked their teachers to do these things they don't have learning management systems like it's all so super brand new so I think we're lucky in the sense that we've had it for a while even though we're not necessarily the first on board we're kind of like like that second follower or whatever I feel like that's where we are as a district but Mm -hmm. it's still way ahead of the game um, but the concept of the SAMR model, this idea of are you using it to substitute, to augment, to modify, or to redefine, I think that's one of those things that is timeless in yeah. that, like, yep. anytime you're talking about technology, why are you using it? Like, what are the kids getting from it? And I really like that idea. Like, technology isn't the thing. It's just a way to do the thing mm-hmm. that you want the kids to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's just good reflection. You know what I mean? Like, even though I we don't hear that term often used anymore because, again, our school learned it I mean, years ago. Yeah, years. Like, I yeah. mean, at least when I was still teaching, mm-hmm. I remember I learning that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it's one of those things that it's, it's helpful to kind of reframe anything that we're doing in technologies these days to, like, ask ourselves – where are we really at in that SAMR model? And are mm-hmm. we just getting so used to like doing things like substitution only because that's natural and it's easy now because that's kind of the first step that everyone took mm-hmm. is like, but are, how many of us are still there, you know, and like still struggling to figure out what does it mean to redefine learning with technology? Like, and how do you actually achieve it? I think that's a... You know what, too? I had the big question for Shana, and I think Shana and Vic, because they've been working a lot um, with technology in the classroom, my big question was, each of these four stages of SAMR, could it all be like Google Docs, but just used in different ways? Could it all be Flipgrid, but used in different ways? Like, 
Do each of the steps mean different technology or just different uses of specific technology? That was my, like, I wanted examples of what that actually looks like. Well, I think we kind of, with that Google Doc example, you can substitute. My worksheet is now in a Google Doc. Cool. Like, it's one kid working on one sheet, turning it into a teacher. Like, it just substituted. Now you don't have paper and pencil. You have a Google Doc. When you start to move into that augmentation, now you might have a little bit of collaboration, like, or the teacher might like go in and provide a comment along the way. And mm-hmm. then when you get into modification, it's like, well, what are groups doing to engage with that activity on the Google Doc? How is that feedback loop going with the teacher providing comments and the students working on it and like watching that mm-hmm. revision kind of history in the document? And then when you get into redefinition, it might be a Google Doc that's being used to plan something else that's going to be created maybe it's Mm -hmm. just the mechanism for the planning but it's going to allow for a greater creation of something else somewhere else that's totally different than whatever could have been achieved you know without that but that document is there to help facilitate Mm -hmm. that like planning portion it's it's the same tool it's a google doc but it's like why are you using it are you using it just to achieve the same ends that you had before or are you leading to something greater and deeper in that learning Right. And I mean, the title of the podcast is Real Messy, and our district is just heavily invested in the real. But I think sometimes our go-to in order to achieve that is to just insert a piece of tech. Um, But we just need to remember, it all comes back to UBD. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. What are your desired outcomes? And so one thing I heard in, you know, the the podcast that we did with the kids um, is that they like being offered a finite amount of choices in their tech. So once they're figuring out, okay, this is my audience, this is my task, I think I need to create a website versus creating a newsletter versus something that they're really comfortable with. So kind of considering that. So at least giving them options, but maybe limiting the number of options or the number of tools are available. Yeah, the students were, it was interesting to have them in um, because they said having one can be very limiting. So they kind of gave an example of like, there was one time where they were just offered something. It didn't seem to fit. It felt a little bit more like busy work to them mm-hmm. versus when they have a couple of options. But they they were pretty clear about if there's endless options, they will resort to the one that they know, mm-hmm. which I thought was really intriguing. Right. Um, they don't want to take the time to explore endless options. But if there's four on a list, they'll skim through them quickly and then make a choice, which I thought was super interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And Omari like acknowledged that there's user error. Like when you try something new, like it's going to take you a while to kind of figure it out. But if you kind of push yourself, you'll 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 figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, That's I like, a, the messy part. Yeah, maybe. Absolutely. right. When we figured out that last year when we were doing the algebra PBL, they had the kids go in and they were making flipped lessons using we video to, to like teach other students in this audience. But what they found was that it was challenging because the kids didn't know how to do the video editing. So they were learning the video editing, figuring out how to collaborate and teaching, you know, so it was like too many new things at once. So this year, that change was that they did some initial learning the tool of video Mm -hmm. editing. So they created some introductory videos using WeVideo and then got some of that like challenge work and that kind of front loading of the technology in advance. But then with the idea that it's going to lead to the opportunity for you to teach others about a concept, right? Like it has a purpose. We're not just teaching you how to video edit to video edit, but that there's going to be this greater opportunity to hit authentic audiences with this tool, but we just can't do it all at once. And you taught me that last year, Shana, when we were using the OzoBots, 
you had said they need a day to play. And I was like, okay, well, now I feel weird because if an observer comes in my classroom, like, what are we doing? We're playing, you know what I mean? But then what happened was they had a day to play. The next day we gave them the assignment, we gave them the why, we gave them the what, and then the how was the Ozobots. And they, like the algebra team, they had mastered the Ozobots. So all of a sudden the focus was on the why and the what, and because they had played and they had taken ownership, all of a sudden they were creating things I never thought would even happen. And they were outlining um, the plot of a novel they had read. And so like they had used the Ozobots to like interpret characters' emotions and the struggles that the character went through. And it was really cool, like all the little things they did that we never realized were possible because we weren't masters of Ozobots, but we let them become masters of Ozobots. But it's the play that builds the interest yeah. and the capacity. And like, yeah, it feels weird because that day there wasn't a particular like very UBDE learning target, but mm -hmm. you know as the planner that it's going to lead to something greater. Like sometimes I'm okay holding a little bit back from my kiddos knowing mm -hmm. that there's yeah. a plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that free unstructured playtime, it's what we all do when we learn new tech, mm -hmm. right? Like right. I just have to click around and know that I'm gonna eventually figure it out. And they also were very clear, we asked them at the end selfishly, we wanted to know like, how do you learn this stuff the best? Because we're often the ones who are going right. in and doing that. Mm -hmm. And so they were pretty honest and, and honestly, they also agreed, which I kind of found surprising. They like direct instruction on technology. I was wow. kind of amazed. I yeah. thought that they would enjoy like being able to watch little videos or doing stuff like that. They wanted someone to come in tell them how to do it, walk them through it, yep. and then give them time to explore. Right. Yep. And I was like, all right. So they, okay. like, that's, you know, it was, I was surprised that they responded that way. I did not expect that. I've always found, like, teaching the basics. Like, get them in, <clears throat> get them familiar, show them where the buttons are. Right. Like, get them to build something simple. And then allow them to right. investigate yeah. the advanced features of it. Like, yeah. don't necessarily show them like only one thing but then like allude to or like throw little carrots out there and if you want to click on this one there's some neat <laughs> things hiding in there you know or like or provide examples of when people have used advanced tools like or you could get to this point yeah you know where if you click around enough but like if you don't teach them the basics and get them familiar with the tool it can be really intimidating yeah and one thing um that they kind of said too is that they like to see examples of finished products. So if you give yeah. me five options of five pieces of tech, I want to know what it looks like on the other end. Because we know as educators, when I choose one piece of tech versus a different one, like there's there's a difference between mm -hmm. why you make one choice over another. Um, so they don't always know like what the added value of this tech is, but if they can kind of see that example, maybe maybe they could make that choice for themselves. I totally failed my kids on that the other day. So I was having my kids make an Adobe Spark. I'm like, yeah, just make an Adobe Web Spark website. It'll be fine, whatever. But you can also make an Adobe Spark graphic or an Adobe Spark video. I didn't show my kids what a finished Adobe Spark looked like. So I had a kid accidentally make a graphic and spend all the time and get super frustrated with it because I didn't have something so he could see like, oh wait, this doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. So he didn't have that like prior knowledge of like, mine's gonna end up looking something like this. Mm -hmm. So then like, I, I felt so terrible. I'm like, I'm so sorry. But we, we figured out a plan, we're gonna fix it. So It happens, but you know what? I think they're they're adaptable. The other thing is they enjoy it. They, they like the technology, they like the chance to be creative. And I know Rachel, you were talking about this earlier. If they're engaged in the task because of the enjoyment factor, there will be more learning. Mm -hmm. There will be. Mm -hmm. And so. value to it. And then 
Um, this was another thing, Shana, you had said to me was, let's say the whole thing crashes and burns. So today we let them, um, Steph Kischuk and I let them create a TikTok video that emulated these books that they had read. And I was, Stephanie was like, we let go of too much control. And I was like, eh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, this isn't a good idea. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And then Shane is like, but yeah, if you let them reflect mm -hmm. on what happened, mm -hmm. that's where maybe more learning took place. So maybe it wasn't the video, but maybe it's what you do with it or after it that creates that metacognitive learning value, critical thinking piece. That's the higher order thinking. We're always searching for. Right. So if the engagement happened with the tech, but the learning didn't happen with the tech, they're still engaged enough to think about it more deeply. I think about some pieces of tech sometimes where it's so much that I'm doing on the front end that I wonder like cost benefit with the amount of time I'm sinking in. So mm -hmm. if it's for like one lesson, do I need to spend the two hours to kind of set up this, this lesson? Um, is it going to matter in the long run? So I kind of think about that kind of cost-benefit thing for me on the teacher end, but then probably also for kids too. Mm -hmm. Oh, know? absolutely. Well, the website design, like the Adobe Spark was like, you can't do a lot with it. It's pretty plug and play. Like you drop a couple pictures, you drop a little text because it was a smaller activity. There's not a lot of learning and actually right. creating one of those where like if I was creating a year long portfolio or a blog or something where it needed to have like more robust, then you're going to go with like a Google Sites or a Weebly mm. or something like that. I think like sometimes the tech is differentiated into like sometimes giving them a more limited piece of tech where it's mm -hmm. like kind of plug and play, but it still spits out something that looks cool is nice for those smaller activities where if you're going to do something robust, then give them a robust tool so that they can actually right. create that. That was one thing I liked when we went into the junior classes, the junior English classes mm -hmm. last week. I went into one class and I must have seen like them use seven or eight different kinds of text to present their information. So we were seeing things from S'more to Wix to Weebly to Google Sites. Um, I, I saw a kid video record his Minecraft like he built a school in Minecraft and then like walked his little avatar around it and kind of did a sped up video and presented that to class in order to do a mock-up. So like I was just so impressed with the amount of different kinds of tech, like the amount of choices that, that they had to make in order to get to, to mm -hmm. this is the right one for me and this is not the right one for me. I, I was super impressed. But I think that's where that metacognitive like reflection mm -hmm. comes into play. Mm -hmm. Like what questions and answers did you have to come up with with your team or by yourself before you got to this final thing. Like if you spent 40 minutes picking your TikTok song and then you had no minutes left to actually make your TikTok video, <laughs> like, well, what, yep. like what happens? Like why did it take you this long? Like what were the hangups? Like how do we get past that? Like that's important decision-making, like life skill, right. you know, portrait of a graduate kind of stuff yeah. that needs to happen. The pacing for a lot of kids, like some of them, it was too fast. They were just like, let's get this done. And then it was like, well, wait, this makes no sense. And it's sloppy. And you didn't even use any filters. Like, no fun. Um, and then some <laughs> kids took forever just to pick a song. But then when you heard the song, it was like, well, that totally makes sense because the theme of the books was struggle. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense why you chose this song. But it, yeah, it took you 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a great, like, great song. But that's the same messy decisions that we have to make as educators on like, how much structure. Like I've seen a lot of people try to implement technology and in an effort to be efficient with it they overstructure it 
Like, they do, like, way too many, like, walkthroughs and points, and it ends up spitting out the exact same basic product that, like, the, all the creativity was lost because you didn't want to oh. let the kids have mm-hmm. that messy struggle with the technology. So it's like, but again, like, where do you draw the line? How much is too much? How much is not enough? Like, you just, you have to just be in it and be willing to get messy with it. Get messy with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know uh, we made reference to the fact that we talked with two students today also, Omari and Gina, and Mm -hmm. um, had a wonderful conversation with them about how they feel, their perception of technology use in their classrooms. So uh, definitely stick around and listen to that, which will be up next. That's the podcast from their desks. But uh, thanks for listening today, guys. And now for today's teacher tip of the day. Today's tip of the day comes from Vic and Shayna. Okay, guys. So here's my tip. We all believe in revising. It's part of Common Core. Maybe I'm just speaking from English here, but hopefully this is helpful. I think that using the version history in Google Docs would be super helpful. Um, So we value revisions, but we also don't want to grade the same assignment three times. And it's hard to tell if students are putting into practice these, like, little mini lessons and suggestions um, as they're working on larger assignments. So you could have them name their versions, draft one, draft two, draft three, and then just have students go to file, version history, name the current version, and then on your end, once the document's shared with you, you can view that version history and then just kind of click through. Here was version one, here's version two. And so you can kind of see those, those levels of revisions. Or Google Docs now has the ability to compare documents. So if you go to tools and then click compare, it'll create this like new third document that'll track the changes between two separate Google Docs. So I I just thought that was kind of cool. And then there's some other intriguing Chrome extensions that allow for that kind of revision and looking at how the document has changed over time. So you can go to the Chrome Web Store and check out something called Draftback. And that will actually video record, like play your revisions, which is pretty intriguing to watch. Or DocuViz, which does a super detailed breakdown of all the contributors and what they've added to the document and when. So visit the Chrome Web Store or stop in to chat with a coach for more information. And that was your teacher tip of the day. curious if you guys are assigned like something like a video project do you prefer it when teachers say here's a video project use we video this is what the tech i want you to use or would you prefer them to be like here's the assignment figure it out use any tech you want you know do you mm-hmm. like it more open-ended i definitely like when they give us more options okay if you just kind of leave us to our own advances i feel like nothing would get done but then if you give us options like you could use this editor you could use this okay. different software mm-hmm. And just finding what you like better is a lot easier than just being like, find something and then do it. But I like I like when they give us options. Yeah. And I feel like with that, there is an initial obstacle of trying to figure out how you're going to do whatever you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then once you figure it out and you can just narrow your focus on that, I think it's very helpful. So that kind of leads into what this conversation is is really interested in is like, do you guys ever feel like the tech gets in the way? Like, is it too hard to learn? Is it, is it adding much to, like, the yeah. learning process? Does that ever happen in classes? 
Well, there's definitely, like, certain things that, like, busy work, I feel like, when Mm -hmm. you just assign us to do something that it doesn't feel like it pieces together with the whole unit. Okay. It's, it just feels like we're wasting time, or we could have done something different with the tech that would have been a lot better to tie into Flashy for flashy's sake or something like that. Okay. Recently, I had to make a website for my own company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it was it was fine to do. I think it was wasn't too much um on the difficult side. It just felt as though I was just doing it just to do it mm-hmm. and the content I feel like could have just been into a Google Doc or right. you know, so but it was fine. So like the tech that was chosen for you was not adding value. Yeah. So like whatever tech we choose, like in theory, like there should be, you know, a variety of choices. And if you're choosing a video, then it needs to be a video for some kind of reason. If it's a website, then it should be a website because of audience, because of your purpose, Mm -hmm. because of the learning involved. So sometimes we kind of forget that the tech should add value. Mm -hmm. And if not, then just do a Google Doc or something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I definitely appreciate when teachers at least try to figure out the technology because I get some of it like you don't really know how to work mm-hmm. it like you're figuring it out just like we are. So I definitely like when they try and post notes on Schoology or they try and incorporate Google Drive into what we're doing. But I feel like because like an example would be last year in my math class we took notes on a app called Real Time Board mm-hmm. and then we would just like. He would do the notes live in class, and then we would have paper copies of our notes, and we would take them along with him. But then, so we would have two copies of the notes. We would have it on, like, the computer yeah. and then on paper. So I kind of liked that. Why that did we you could... like that? Did you did you still take notes in class yeah, even though you had it? It was nice because I the way that I learn is I do better when I write things out versus reading things. So it was nice to have the paper copy and be following on writing it because then it kind of helped me retain it. But then if I lose the paper copy, which was often, then I could, like, go back and reprint out the notes. And, and it's probably organized really well there, Yeah, it's right? like he like, has them by units and then by targets is what we would do okay. in math. So in that instance, it did add value for you. It right. wasn't doing it just to do it. Okay. Yeah. You guys were great to have in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. so much, Omari and Gina. <laughs> yes. Um, we appreciate you guys coming in. That was super helpful. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.